All right, if you want to grab your seat, that would be great. Thanks. All right, so I want to share today, um, I, I, by the way, I think I said last week that just to put in your calendars, September the 7th, 8th for about two or three weeks, that's when Wayne and Irene will be coming back out. And so, um, yeah, and we'll have various seminars that they run, maybe another wellness seminar and, um, you know, extension version this time and, and uh, maybe another marriage seminar and, and maybe a couple others. We're still sort of working on that. But, um, yeah, be, be thinking and praying into that. And uh, we know it's just going to be a phenomenal time for everyone. Um, and they are absolutely itching to come back. I can tell you that. I think every message we get when we talk to them, they're really, really itching to just come back here and have time here. So I think that's all the general notices to, to fill you in on. Um, it's definitely a season of expansion for us, so I'm having to just try to keep everyone posted on what's going on because, you know, there's things expanding and there's things stretching, and so it's nice to keep communication flowing on where we're at. But um, today, I have an interesting one for us today, okay? So I said to a couple of people, I have a bit of a surprise for us today, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so today, I want to talk about incredible fruit. Does that sound good? I think it does. So... Open your Bibles to John 15. Most of us would have read or heard sermons many, many times on this passage, John 15. It was actually the first passage I ever preached on. I think I was 20 or 21. So, you know, nearly 20 years ago, this was the first passage I ever took to be the basis of a sermon. And I've never really forgotten it since, but um, it certainly spoke to me a lot throughout the last 20 years on how to see incredible fruit. And um, so that's really what we, we want to see in our lives. These are the words of Jesus. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 15, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This summarizes everything that we are meant to express as believers in Jesus. 
There's a couple of keys that I have seen over my lifetime. I've learned, we've learned, and we've seen over our journey that I want to illustrate today. And um, I'm going to start with a, a normal old zucchini, all right? And I'm just going to put that here. And um, yes, we, we do like a little bit of gardening. And um, from time to time, it gets a bit ragged. But you learn a lot from your garden. You ever notice that? You learn a lot about the kingdom of God from your garden. And um, how if you don't tend it, it gets very, very ragged. If you give it the right nutrients and you keep tending it well, it will grow very, very well. Good fruit. People will want to eat of it. Ah, uh, la, la. There's so much more we could say on that, but, but that will get off onto tangents. Um, so anyway, so I want to speak about most of... Um, our lives, we desire to see incredible fruit come from our lives with Jesus. We desire, we have dreams. I spoke about it last week, how you know I set myself goals in my early 20s of things I have to have seen in the Spirit by the time I'm 30 and maybe haven't seen them. And they're not bad things, but you can be a pressure cooker, you know, and God takes you through journeys and hills and valleys to be able to stretch us and grow in us what he really wants to grow in us, a depth and a well and something that, that actually can feed others rather than a shallow pool. And, um, and so I think that this passage here, John chapter 15, is a really good illustration for us that how we posture ourselves in him and in the body is critically important to how much fruit we're going to bear. Now, Jesus is talking here specifically about us being absolutely part of him. But I believe this is an exact illustration for the body of Christ and 1 Corinthians 12 actually couples with this and brings this out even more many members of the body but we need to be unified and so if you join these passages together and we actually see that wow he is the vine and we are the branches and we need to be plugged into him but if we are to be a vineyard fruitful that people want to eat from when when they come around us and come to church or maybe they, they spend time with us they want to eat from our fruit. It's critically important that we be connected, that we be connected together. When we are isolated, there's, there's little, very, very small danger signs that begin to pop up. And they're very small. They're actually small enough to ignore, really easy, because we can flow on other gifts or other talents or even words of knowledge that people gave us 20 years ago or some prophetic word or something like that. But being connected to people, the body of Christ in the vine bears much bigger fruit. And so I want to illustrate that for us in a moment with some zucchini. I, I didn't grow this one. I'm sorry, I, I don't really um, grow normal size zucchini, all right? And so I want Rocky to just help me out here. He's going to grab a zucchini for me now, which is from our backyard, which illustrates what happens when we stay connected and we let all the nutrients flow into that zucchini, all right? Are you ready? Bring it out, Rocky. <laughs> Just put it there. Awesome, awesome. I'll just put this little peeny thing right here that you can barely even see. That is the normal-sized zucchini right there, a normal-sized zucchini. I believe that's what most of us as believers end up bearing is normal-sized fruit. But God wants mammoth-sized fruit. 
He wants mammoth-sized fruit. But in order to do that, it has to stay connected to the vine for longer, better, stronger, more powerful, with more nutrients flowing in. After a couple of weeks, you can get this thing. It's the same, it's the same as every other believer, maybe. It's normal. It's not making much impact. Everyone can eat from it. Think, hey, that's just a zucchini. Oh, that's just a person walking around. They don't look any different or sound any different. That, why? That's because it's been cut off at the same period as everyone else. It's been cut off at exactly the same time. But if we stay connected into the vine, into the nutrients, I know a zucchini doesn't grow on a vine, but I tell you one thing that we did a little experiment on this, this particular one. Um, we cut off all of the previous leaves and dead things on the, on the stem prior to this one so that all the nutrients would flow into this one. And that's what happens. I mean, in weight-wise, this would have to be this would have to be like, I don't know, 20, 20 times the weight, maybe more. This wouldn't even actually weigh on our scales. So. Um, but, but this is the difference. When we have the nutrients of the kingdom of God throw, flowing through the body of Christ, it can agitate us, it can annoy us, it can frustrate us, but we get the nutrients of the kingdom of God flowing into us. When we cut ourselves off early, we will only bear the same fruit every time. And it's the same when we're operating in a gifting. It might be the, you know, uh, might be word of knowledge or prophetic like Sean Boltz's book, or it might be healing, or it might be uh, hospitality or, or gifts of service or or whatever it might be, if we operate at a normal level and we never allow supernatural nutrients to flow in where the roots are going deeper and deeper and deeper, which normally happens through the body, it doesn't happen in an isolated place. I'm sorry, it's just something I've seen over 40 years of my Christianity when people stay connected in the vine and they send their roots down deeper in this thing called the body of Christ, we grow bigger fruit. It may hurt sometimes. It may be annoying sometimes. It may agitate, frustrate, and, and all that sort of stuff, but it's good. It's so good. Whereas normally most of us, at the point of conflict, we will leave, we will cut it off, and we bear the same fruit we did last time. The same fruit we did maybe at the last church or 10 years ago in our spirituality, and we stay immature believers, and we only bear this little fruit all the time. Wherever we go, it might be three years here, same fruit. Problem? Abort it, three years here, same fruit. Problem, abort, leave, depart, whatever it might be. And so we've got to learn to be able to rise up and get bigger and stronger and better than just a little offense. Because a little offense will abort it. I want to read in the book of, let's see, Hebrews it is. Hebrews chapter 12. Please, yeah, let's go there together because I think it's, this summarizes everything that I want to bring out. Hebrews chapter 12. If I can find it, I thought I had it here. Here we are. Hebrews chapter 12, verse uh, 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by it, many be defiled. And there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he, was de when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. 
We only have a certain amount of time that we live on this earth. And we can go on bearing the same fruit, hitting problems, being rejected, falling back into the same patterns, the same cycles, the same maybe immaturity, one could say. And and we can be happy with that, but we will only ever bear this fruit. We will only ever, ever bear the little fruit. Not many people can eat of it. Our impact will be little. If we want our impact to be big, we must not be like Esau. Esau saw the inheritance and the promise, for, but for momentary pleasure, for momentary pleasure, he burst, he burst the bubble, so to speak, of inheritance for a short-term gain of little fruit. He didn't want to wait the journey of the bigger fruit and see through sonship, through the hard times. He wanted it now. And so, therefore, he forfeited his birthright. Maybe it is... I don't know if this is God's will. I don't think it is. But maybe it is that there are humans over the last few thousand years who have actually foregone their birthright in the kingdom of God of releasing the incredibly large fruit in their lives. Why? Because of offense, because of momentary pleasure, because of sin, or because of something that they didn't want to connect into the vine, the body, the lifeblood of the church, which actually is Jesus Christ. This is his body. We here this morning are his body. We are his body. It's a supernatural, mysterious secret of the gospel of Christ that he lives in us. He lives in us. Yes, he lives in me, but he lives in us. And connecting to the vine increases our fruit, increases our authority. Yes, it increases our accountability and our love and all that sort of stuff. But I'm telling you, it is an absolute honor and privilege to connect into the incredible vine of the kingdom of God that operates in and through us. And, I mean, you only have to look at this illustration and we wouldn't even have to ask the question of who wants which fruit. Of course, we want incredible fruit in our lives. But Esau forwent that for momentary pleasure. I believe this happens to us sometimes when we're immature in our gifts, immature in who we are, and therefore we're still in this zone, but we try to operate in this zone. And it's a danger, it's a danger zone because this zone takes 10 times longer to grow. And it requires all the nutrients have to be really channeled and, and focused into this thing. So we have to really mature it, mature the gift. And this is why I continually say when I'm, when I'm with prophetic people and that sort of thing is make sure that your character looks like this, even if your gift look like, looks like this. If you get it the wrong way around, danger zone. Implosion generally happens. Relational breakdowns. Rejection happens, and then we're back to this size again. And this happens time and time and time and time again. And we believe that God is calling us to be a people that bear incredible kingdom fruit. Kingdom fruit that can be robust enough to get through problems. To believe the word of God, to stand on the word of God. You know, sometimes the most mature prophetic person... If we talk about the prophetic for a moment, because this is, this is definitely area that needs such good pastoring, such good pastoring. That's why I've said before that prophetic people have to be so closely linked with good leadership, good fathers and mothers, good pastors. Because if there's separation, the enemy loves to get in and jump on the rejection issue 
and then cause problems. And this is exactly what it talks about here in, uh, well, actually, it is in Hebrews 12. Um, Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by it, many be defiled. And this is an issue that if this zucchini has one of the roots that you've probably seen it in your own gardens that are flourishing right now, and I know there's a lot of gardeners actually here, and um, in time we're going to have a bit of a harvest table out the back after, so you can bring all your produce and just we'll have a free-for-all. But um, anyway, so we've noticed something about ours, that it's very, very dependent on the soil, very dependent on the nutrients, very dependent on the water. Oh, my goodness very dependent on the water, especially with our weather in the last few months, but really, really dependent that we keep things healthy, keep the roots healthy. If one root gets defiled, the whole thing gets defiled, and look at the fruit that we abort. Think how many times we might have aborted the call and the destiny of God by letting a root of bitterness rise up within us, and you know what? It normally doesn't stay there. It normally defiles many. And this is, the, this is the robust love, I believe, and the robust strength that we have together. In the movie Gladiator, um, you know, in, when, when originally when they're in the first scene in the Colosseum and um, Russell Crowe, I love the movie. I've shared that before. I'm not, not ashamed of that. I just love it. Blood and everything. It's just awesome. But um, anyway, Russell Crowe, he's the sort of the, the outcast and... And um, he's in there and there's all these other big guys and they release the lions and the chariots to, to go and just slaughter these, say, 15 or 20 of the gladiators. And they're all dysfunctional. They're not unified. And, and, and then Russell Crowe's character realizes, he's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get picked off and slaughtered if we just stay one by one. We've got no hope. And so you then hear him sort of rise up in authority and he yells out, as one. And then all of a sudden they gather together and they put their shields and there's this barrier as one. And he yells it out a couple of times. And it's so powerful. And then as one, these dysfunctional, broken soldiers, big and little and from all different lands, all of a sudden as one, they take down the enemy and they defeat him. And then the crowd rises up barricading for them. Because as one, we are so much more powerful. As one unified body. Now, of course, it's the body of Christ all over the world, but we have expressions of it in our tribes. Just like you can see right back from the Hebrew times, there was tribes and family lineage and and that generational blessing that flows through family tribes. And so we have a family, we have a tribe feel, would you believe it or not? It's funny when I talk to some visitors or maybe people who join us, you know, and they say, hey, wow, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's a bit different. You know, how this happens, your worship's like this and, you know, the building looks like, it's because we have a tribal anointing. We have a tribal anointing and every church has that. We're all a little bit different to one another. But as we celebrate one another's differences and as we celebrate that, but we recognize this is, a, this is one big family 
And we are a tribe. And as we connect and we stay connected with that, I mean, that worship like we had this morning flowing through us, then what it does each week, each month, each year, every whatever it is, when we gather, it's, it's like a celebration together where the blood of Jesus is just re-celebrated, reapplied. And that authority and that, that you know, it's, it's harder for a root of bitterness to rise up when you actually stay planted for a long time. It's much harder. It's very easy if you splinter off for, for a while. Oh, that root of bitterness just wants to come back straight away. Oh, they're not doing this right. Oh, he's not preaching right. Oh, he's wearing a weird shirt today and he's playing with zucchinis up on the stage and rah, rah, rah. You know what I mean? It's so easy to criticize. It's called a root of bitterness. And it doesn't just stay with you. It defiles many. And it's called sin. And it's not righteous. It's not holy. It won't bring this fruit. It will bring this fruit. And then as soon as that fruit cuts off, it'll die. Because no one wants to eat of bitterness. Who wants to drink poison? No one. Maybe some other people who have a little bit of poison as well, they want to drink of that a little bit. They, want, they like that because they have a little bit of poison as well. They're drinking it too, so they feel better if you've got poison. But it's not the kingdom of God, and you cannot operate prophetically or in leadership or in authority or in love or hospitality or acts of service if you have a root of bitterness in your spirit. I'm sorry, I've just got to say the honest truth this morning. And this... this Sometimes when you preach like this, it can really touch on things. I'm telling you, if it's touching on things, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit this morning. Because I had no intention of saying that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've had a great week. We've had an amazing week. So there's been no dramas or anything particular for me to even want to say that. But I'm telling you, we want this kind of fruit. And we don't just want it for ourselves. We want it for everyone everyone. We're beginning to see it. Youth ministry this year is just expanding and seeing salvations. Southern Vales, we're seeing salvations and blessing and worship and phenomenal things beginning to happen. Dinga Church, we're seeing people come together who some are hurt and broken and this sort of stuff. They're hungry though and they want something. And even last Sunday, there was a, 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 a we had a prophetic release and it really lifted something and it broke something new in some who may not have otherwise been open to it. And so there's something happening, guys. There's something, hap- something happening. And, uh, and this is what we're after. This is what we're after. I know that's what you guys are after too. That's why we're here. And, um, but the key, I believe, is to go way beyond where we've been before. So maybe, maybe when, um, when we've had offenses before, and normally offenses create fence- fences, But when we've had offenses before, and then instead of aborting it, like Esau, taking it early, you know, cashing out early, maybe instead of doing that, pursue peace, pursue love through the offense and honor through the offense, and then keep connected to the vine so that it just gets bigger and bigger and actually, you know, we've found that often when we do this with people, there's just a a new layer that gets released, a new love, a new authority, when we can get over that, when we can get through that with one another, rather than just aborting it again and the same old, same old happening. We want incredible kingdom fruit. Don't abort early the greatness of tomorrow. If if that's the only thing you remember, just remember that. Don't abort early the greatness of tomorrow that God has for you because he has greatness for all of us. 
It can look different ways. It can sound different ways. But I want to give you an example. I talked about compounding, you know, financially compounding, and a lot of you will know what, how this takes effect. Oh, let me give you an example of the effect of compounding because this is compounded gifting. And if we, if we want to be big in the kingdom, if we want to be big in seeing God releasing good, big, healthy chunks of the kingdom of God through us, maybe it is healing, maybe it's signs and wonders, but maybe it's just incredible influence of loving on people and seeing them transformed and healed up and phenomenal growth happening, salvations and this sort of stuff, then this requires an extra level of feeding on the nutrients, feeding on the Word of God. But it has to take place over time, over time. It, and compounding takes place over time. If you have, let me give you an example. If you take $1,000 today and you put it in a bank account earning 8%, I know you can't do that right now, but let's prophesy 8% returns over bank accounts. Um, it'll happen one day. But... Um, if you take that $1,000 and you put it in a bank account, averaged out over 30 years, you get 8% net return, right? Let's just say that. So $1,000, 30 years. I know for a lot of you, you're like, well, gee, my kids are going to enjoy that. Um, but uh, just bear with me for a moment. $1,000, 30 years at 8% return. And if you Take no withdrawals and just leave that money in. In 30 years, it's going to be around $11,000, okay? $1,000. So that's, that's not a bad return, hey? That's, that's really quite good. Um, I mean, if you think of it, you've made 11 times your money with just 1000 and you can multiply that out if you put 10000 in. Then you're going to get even greater because the compounding is bigger and bigger and bigger. Now... If, on the other hand, we are like Esau and we want to cash out early and we cash out our gift all the time, we blurt out the wrong thing, or we take offense early in, the, early in, in times with people, in relational situations, and we, we blurt out what our dream was and it offends the person and it was just an immature blurt, and, and therefore we're cashing out the gift early. Let's say it like that. And if we cash out the gift early, let's use that example of bearing this kind of fruit cutting it off early, if you like, a thou that same $1,000 over 30 years. And if we just take out $5 a month, it's not much, it's $60 a year of that. Then after 30 years, it's just over $3,000. It's about $3,500. And this is the difference with compounding and maturing in the kingdom of God. Our investment needs time to brew. And then we don't just blurt it out as soon as we learn how to give a word of knowledge. Every, everyone, we want to give words of knowledge to everyone or we want to be seen or heard or we want our gift because this is what orphans do when orphans need attention and they need, because there's other ways to do it. Keep the nutrients of the kingdom flowing in. Connect in to Karen and I. Connect into the body. Connect into the life of what he's doing here and then this nutrients can flow and you won't abort it early. This is the secret of becoming big in the kingdom. It's the secret. And just about, in fact, I can't think of any apostolic, incredible people all around the world would say exactly the same thing. Plant yourself in a good church. 
Get really healed up. Get, the, get leadership strength around you, lifting up that authority and that gifting. Let them correct you and counsel you and things like that if you even want that from them. If you don't want that from them, go somewhere where you can get it from the leaders. But ultimately, take that life flowing through you and then this kind of fruit can be developed. But it happens over time. And then... Don't make withdrawals on it. Don't shoot out the gift early. Don't all of a sudden, I want to start my own ministry. I want to do this. I want to do that. Because this is this. This is this. You know, and, and, and there's one thing that we've seen. You know, we, in a way, we've got to hold people loosely because if people actually ultimately want this, then they're going to take it. So you can have it. You can have this if you want. But if you want this, then that's really what we're going after. That's what we're going after, but it takes compounding and it takes time and it takes the lifeblood of Jesus flowing through us together as the body, not as one arm or one finger. You know, a dismembered finger looks really weird. I'll leave it there. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, awesome passage on fruit of the Spirit. Let's, I'm going to read from verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the key of in enabling him to bear big fruit through us. We keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying at one another. When we start doing that, we abort it. We do what Esau did. We cash out early on the gifting and the body and we take our small fruit and we run with it. And it normally just disappears into no man's land. No one ever hears, no one ever understands, no one can eat from the big kingdom fruit because we're not bearing it anymore, because maybe a root of bitterness has, has risen up within us. And so it's really important that we self-check continually, not check on everyone else, not see oh, how are they going, what are they doing, oh, they had a fall, they had a this, they had a that, no, no, no. Self-awareness is a great gift, it's a phenomenal gift. And actually the fruit of the Spirit talks about it, self-control, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, patience, kindness. These are all things that we look for in ourselves, not in other people. We look for them here, here, here. And then I believe we actually grow surprising fruits. And I'll finish with this, another example from our garden. Um, we, we have two other breeds of um, things that we grow. One is cucumbers and another is pumpkins. Now, cucumbers, we planted um, seedlings. And it's interesting because um, with really, really amazing kingdom fruit, sometimes you can even forget about it for a little while. But because you're just tending it and watering it in the spirit or in worship, you don't even have to actively be pursuing anything other than him. We went out there about a week ago. And we're like, oh, we haven't been out here for a while, but we've still been watering. We're automatic watering system happening. You know, it's still been watering on good soil and nutrients and stayed really good, good weather. We went out there. There's like 25 phenomenal-sized cucumbers. I mean, these are monsters. We're still juicing them now. And um, it, it's, it's incredible. And we're like, my gosh, we didn't even know these things were there. They were hidden behind the leaves. 
I'm telling you, when your gift is hidden behind the leaves, God will promote you. God will promote you. You don't have to worry. Yeah. You don't have to worry about self-promotion. You don't have to worry about cutting your gift off early or esawing it early. God sees your heart. He sees your faithfulness. He sees what you're doing. And he is always on the prowl for those who are bearing incredible fruit. Maybe they're behind the hidden leaves. Maybe they've been there for a little while, but they're just worshiping. They're going for it. They're saying, Lord, I trust that you've got me on this one. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I know that you're faithful. Your promises over my life. I'm going to connect into the body. I'm going to do this thing big time, better than before. I'm going to stay with the nutrients and the lifeblood flowing through us. And I want this, not this. And that's what happens. But sometimes it's hidden. Sometimes it's dark. But I'm telling you, it gets found eventually. I mean, we were so rocked when we went. We were excited. Like, well, there's another one. I mean, there's another one. We're like this, carrying them around. It's like phenomenal, phenomenal. God loves your fruit. He loves your fruit. That's why he talks about it here. Because if we stay close to the vine and close to the spirit, he's just like loving it. It's like, wow, look at these guys. They're seeing the kingdom fruit, the real stuff. Anyway, so another example is our pumpkins, our poor old pumpkins. We, you know, we failed miserably last, last season. And anyway, so we ended up buying some. And, uh, you know, you eat pumpkins, you scrape out the pips and you put them in the compost. You put them out in the compost bin. And... Um, Anyway, so over time, you know, you, of course, you use that to, to feed the nutrients in your garden beds. Well, lo and behold, this season, guess what? We've got growing mammoth and we never even planted them. See, the rejected seeds of a good heart will still bear fruit. Will still bear fruit. Even our rejected seeds, if they're right with God, they can be planted Anywhere. They can be put in the compost pile. You might feel like your gifts and talents, they were put in the compost pile years ago. Let me tell you, they can still bear incredible fruit depending on where you plant them. Depending on who you connect with. Because I I see the kingdom of God operating so clearly through us people. It's funny how God's created us like that, but it's a fact. And so we look out there the other day and surprise, surprise, we're like, wow, we, we knew there was something growing here. We look over the fence, there's three or four gigantic pumpkins beginning to grow. So we call the kids out, kids, come and have a look at this fruit, fruit that we didn't even plant. Because God used our rejected seeds, but because they were in good soil, watered well, connected he f- and fertilized He still bore fruit out of that. That's what God will do with your hidden stuff. That's what God will do with your prayers, your heart, that depth, those desires that he's put in you years and years and years ago. Maybe you've had aborted experiences 5, 10, 20, 30 times. Let me tell you, it's not too late. It's not too late to see this stuff because it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. We have a loving Savior, and he's given us this thing called repentance. And repentance is an opportunity to get right with Jesus. It's an opportunity to get right with him where it only takes a moment of our time where all that withdrawals that we've had out of our account for the last year or years or whatever it might be, a failing of sin or whatever it might be, these withdrawals that we've been taken out and Esau aborting the vision and the plan over our life can be stopped today. I want everyone to stand. Thank you. Close your eyes and if, if you feel that today God's spoken to you and that you have had continual aborted, aborted experiences of deconnection, connection, gifting, disappointments 
And maybe it's through people, maybe it's through yourself. A lot of people self-sabotage, you know, the gift of God. But whatever it might be, everyone just closing your eyes right now. If that's you, you, I don't have to see you. I'm not really looking. But just put your hands out in front of you just as as a sign to the Lord that right now you're opening up again. And we're going to take a moment just to repent of any root of bitterness that's risen up within us that doesn't align with the Word of God. It's not positive. It's not the Word of God. It's not family. It's not anything. It's actually the opposite. And, and, and we have a desire to bear incredible kingdom fruit, bigger and better than ever before. So we take a minute right now, Lord, to let your blood cleanse us. Let your blood wash over us. And you just... Pray right now, however you pray, and just ask the Lord to wash you clean as white as snow in your blood. That's what Calvary is all about. It's all about reconnecting with a loving Savior who wants to connect us to eternity, who wants to give us life. You may be here this morning and never responded to Jesus before. You may have never asked Jesus into your life. You may not know what that means, but this morning something stirred within you that you want this Jesus. You want to be connected to this vine. You want this truth and this life flowing through you. Then you have an opportunity this morning to say a prayer, a simple prayer. It's really quick. It's really easy, but it means that you're stamping Jesus' name on your life. You're repenting of all your sin and you're connecting your life with him. And this morning you have an opportunity to do that. I want everyone just to pray after me. We're going to pray a general prayer of salvation. If anyone is here this morning and you haven't ever connected with Jesus but you wanted this morning, I want everyone just to pray and and after the service I at least want to connect with you a little bit. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask this morning that you would wash me clean with your blood of righteousness. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again. Today I ask that you would come into my heart and connect with me forever. I want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that this morning and it's the first time you've prayed that, then I want to say hello to you after the service. I want you to come down. I'm just going to hang down the front for a little while. I want to shake your hand. I want to give you a free latte. We might even give you a free book as well. And I'll throw in whatever else I can just to say hello and meet you this morning. I don't know what else to do right now. Um, Everyone's looking at me. But maybe we'll cut up the zucchini and have zucchini steaks feast after the service or something. Just raise your hands. I want to pray over everyone just before we leave. Lord, we thank you that you want to bear incredible through in and through us. And we say it's time, Lord. We say it's time. We want Harvest Australia Church to bear phenomenal fruit all over the southern region in the city of Adelaide. Lord, we pray for the dramatic but we pray for the hidden. And Lord, we ask that both of these things, you would pursue us. You would pursue us. You would impress upon us your desire for incredible fruit to be born through us. Lord, we pray if there be areas of our lives where we've aborted the gift and the call and everything because of whatever reason, Lord, we pray today that you'd make it right. 
And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us, grow us, strengthen us, unite us, and do every good thing that you desire in this family, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want prayer this morning for anything in particular, it might be healing, but it might just be a real uh, stamping of what we've spoken about this morning. Then you come out. I'm going to get uh, Ryan and Rocky and Ellie and Karen and I will probably come and pray as well. So you just come out. We'd love to pray over. We'll just put on the, the worship CD, guys. And have an awesome week. If you want to come to Odinga, you're more than welcome. It's always a, a great time. Remember outpouring this Wednesday night. And... Um, Have an amazing week. Bless you. Yeah, if you want prayer, come right now. We want to pray quickly. If you ask Jesus this morning into your life, come also. I want to say hello.